Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Life Podcast. My name is Philly Fruchter, and in this episode, we are talking about changing your life and changing the world. And the objective that we're seeking is trying to imbue within ourselves that if we don't like something in our lives, then we and only we can change that. And the same is true for the world at large, not only for ourselves. Change is our power. We have the power to make a better now, to make a better tomorrow. And to begin this discussion, we need to think about who do we as individuals, who do we want to be? Who do we know we can be or think that we should be? And that's question one. It's setting up this vision of if I could design my life, if I was an author and I could rewrite my script, I could rewrite my story, what would it look like? And the second question we need to ask ourselves as a follow-up is why am I not living that way? What's holding me back? What's preventing me? from experiencing life in the way that I imagine, in the way that I hope I could live, in the way that I wish I could live. And change itself, I think, is a very scary thing for some people because change can mean worse. Change can mean different or unexpected. But in the same vein, change can also mean hope. Change can also mean better. Change can mean the best. Change means different in a way that shows our fate is in our hands. Change is always possible. And in this podcast, we've been speaking so much about how we are souls, that we are undefined, that we are constant, we are awarenesses, we are rays of the divine light, we are rays of God. And in that, in that vein, these rays of God, our souls, who we truly are, the, the self that thinks, sees, hears, and interacts with other people, is placed into a vessel, it's placed into a body, a character. And this character has background, this character has emotion, this character has interests and dreams and potential. And it's through this character, and my character is Srili Fruchter. Yours may be, I don't know, whatever your name is or whatever your identity is, but you are not your character. Your character is the role you're playing in the world. It's the control panel, so to speak, that your soul is operating through to interact with the world. And what that, why that's so important is because if we aren't our characters, if I'm not my skills, if I'm not my talents, if I'm not my failures, if I'm not my accomplishments, if I'm not my relationships, if I'm not my background or my story or my experiences, and I'm a soul and the soul is untouchable, the soul is always pure, good, loving, and peaceful, then what that means is that I am also not the character in the story, that I the real I, the I that experiences life, is able to rewrite the the script. If I'm not happy with something about my character, if I think that I'm too impatient, that I don't stand up for myself, that I don't chase after my dreams, that I'm too insecure, I can change my character. And for some people, that's through therapy. For other people, that's through self-help videos, or that's through learning Torah. There are many different spheres to develop the specifics of who you are and different ways that you should do that and different ways that you can tackle specific things. But we as souls have the power to do that. And before we delve further into this, we need to think. We mentioned before, think about who you want to be and then ask yourselves, why am I not that way? And of the who we want to be, we can imagine this as the pure ideal vision of living our best lives. When, when we say, I want to live my best life, I want to love my life, what does that look like? And then the other image we need to have in our minds is a mirror. Who are we right now? Where am I? Because to get to where you want to go, you need to know where you are right now and then how you get there. If you don't know where you want to go, then you're not going anywhere. You're just driving on an empty road. 
You're driving on a road that has no direction. It goes in circles, maybe. And the Talmud and Sanhedrin teaches us that the king, a Jewish king, should have two Torah scrolls. One that's kept in the treasury, with the gems and the diamonds and the gold, and the other that's taken out into the world, taken out to experience life and to be in the turmoil, to go on his journeys, to go on his meetings, to go on his adventures, whatever that may be. And what's important to think about this, this model is that Torah scroll that's in the treasury, that is our vision of who we want to be, who we're waiting to actualize. And the other Torah scroll that goes with the king throughout his journey, that is us right now in the present. And we need to always compare the two, not always, but at times, maybe once a month, once a year, and say, where am I now and who do I want to be? Let's see what happens when I compare the two. Do I see how I can fix something? Do I see how I can repair one aspect? It's getting into this mindset where we think, where do I want to go? And be specific, not just I want to be happy. But what does that mean? Try and quantify that. Does that mean that I want to wake up every single day with a smile and never have one moment of sadness? Is that that unrealistic? Probably. So we have to define our terms of what we want and what our lives should look like. And then also self-reflect about who we are and where we are right now. Because the soul is the one who is analyzing ourselves. The soul is the us that's saying, let me look at Srilly right now, roll down the list and see. Srilly is great at patience, but he does not do well at making relationships, or he's not great at, I don't know, brushing his hair, or he's not great at singing, whatever it may be. And then looking at those things and saying, how do the two align? Where is really lacking? Do I care? And is it important enough that I know where I want to take it? To think about this further, it's also really critical that we, that we understand the change we're seeking in our lives is only going to come from us. Nobody else aside from you, you as a soul, not your character, not Srili Fruchter, not, I don't know, Barbara Streisand's just popped into my head, not Barbara Streisand, but the soul that is playing the part of Barbara Streisand, only that soul can make the change in Barbara's life. Only my soul can change Srili's life. And Hillel says in Pirkei Avod, in Ethics of the Father, a very powerful line that's very well known and it's just, let's sit for a moment. He asks, if I am not for myself, who is for me? But if I am only for myself, what am I? And if not now, when? And this line, these three questions, I think, embody the mindset that we need to have throughout our lives. Because they allow us to contextualize, who do I want to be? And we'll see in a moment as we answer these questions, we'll break them down one by one and take each of them as they come. Thinking about if I'm not for myself, who is for me? It's really powerful to think about if I'm not going to be trying to live my best life, if I'm not going to be fighting to give myself, to give my soul a vessel, a character that is living the most full life of its potential, that's taking everything from its background, taking everything from its personality, from his or her interest, whatever that may be. If I'm not going to be the one trying to propel and get to a better place, get to a better future, then who is? Hermonides says that if we're not going to awaken our souls, if we're not going to awaken our souls to dream and to strive, who's going to do that? Who is going to take you to the next level? Because ultimately, if you're not going to give yourself the life you deserve, to give yourself unconditional love, unconditional happiness that comes from deep within, then who is going to do that? Every single day, 
God gives our souls back to us, not to anyone else. You don't change souls. You don't change characters on the day to day. No one got my soul today. No one got me except for Srilly. I am in Srilly's body. I am living Srilly's life right now. Because we say in Moda'ani, when you wake up in the morning, when, we, when we're thanking God for returning our souls to our bodies, for putting us back in this world, we say, Rabba Emunatecha, great is your faithfulness in me that you still believe I can give myself that amazing life, that I can maximize the gifts you've given to me, that I can become the greatest author for my story. And that is something we say every morning because a new day brings a new life and a new opportunity for change. And if God, if Hashem, the soul of all souls, our best friend, the master and creator of the universe, believes in us, and he can do that all he likes, but then why can't we believe in ourselves? Because if we don't believe in ourselves, God can believe in us all he wants and keep giving us back our souls. But if we don't believe in ourselves, if we don't see that change will come from within us, that change will come from our hearts, will, will come from deep within, then nothing's going to change. And when we think about that, who is going to be for me? That will help us set up this idea of what am I fighting for? What is my vision? What change do I want? And the next question is, it flows very nicely. If I'm only for myself, okay, great. So the first question establishes, you need to be interested in living your best life. You need to be interested in actualizing all the potential that God gave to us. But if you're only going to be living a life that's centered on living my best life, then what are you? Because do we see our lives as self-sufficient and self-focused? What are we living for? Is it only about living our best lives for the sake of living our best lives? Or do we see, I want to live my best life so that I can give more to the world? Because when I'm tuned into myself, when I'm plugged in and I feel a light illuminating from within me and I feel flowers and a garden blossoming from within and I feel in touch with the universe then I can make the change for the world. Then I can bring the world to a better place. My community, my friends, my family, and I can be present for them. I can be present for others and I can share their love. I can share their happiness. I can share their light. And that gives us greater context. It gives our character a story to fit into. And then the third question is that if not now, when? So we've set up this idea, you have to be there for yourself. You are going to be with yourself your entire life. You have been with yourself the entire life, and you will continue to be with yourself your entire life. So you need to be there for yourself. You need to make sure that you are striving for your dreams, that you are using everything at your disposal to make sure you're happy, to make sure that you're loved, and to make sure that you're fulfilled. But you don't want to do it just for yourself. You also have to be thinking, what is my context? Who am I trying to influence? When I get plugged in, what is that for? A lamp wants to spread light. It doesn't want to just sit in the closet and be plugged in. It wants to spread that light and be there for others. And then the last question of if not now, when, is that you see there's so much more. There's so much change on the horizon and you are the only one who can make that change. So if you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? Rabbeinu Yonah says that people will sometimes say to themselves, I'm going to be busy today. 
with my work, with my day to day, you know, there's a lot going on. I have meetings, I have calls, I have just want to take a chill day, whatever it may be. But I'll deal with it tomorrow. And tomorrow I'll deal with the self-improvement. Tomorrow I'm going to give myself, you know, one step in the right direction. And it's procrastination. And he says that you shouldn't say this because you're not going to, you may not really do it. It's very easy to keep pushing it off because we always expect there will be a tomorrow. But in reality, there's only a today. There's only a right now. The past already happened. The future is something that's going to happen. And all you have is infinite moments of the now, infinite moments of the present. So the three takeaways from this aspect we're speaking about, the crucial ones, the fundamental ones to take away, is one, we can rewrite the script of our lives whenever we want. We can make the change we seek. Two, we are needed for something greater than ourselves. It's not just that we deserve to live an amazing life, period. It's we deserve to live an amazing life and the world needs us to live that amazing life because the world needs us as well. Three, we deserve the change we want. And there's no moment like the present to give ourselves that. But what is this change, right? What is this change we keep speaking about? Where do we see this in philosophy and mysticism and spirituality? And there are two concepts we're going to break down. One, which is more commonly known, is about tikkun olam. It's, it literally means repairing the world. And Kabbalistically, without delving too deep into it, this is about how we as humans have a responsibility to heal the brokenness of the world and restore it to its higher potential, to allow the world to reach its higher potential, to actualize all that is waiting to emerge. And in Genesis, in Bereshit, after God creates the world, the Torah tells us that God finished all the work that he did, la'asot, to do. He finished all the work because there's still more to do and he wants to be in partnership with humans. He wants us to continue building the world. And in a very unique understanding, and then we'll take this a little bit larger and outside of just ourselves, but this actually hints to the epitome of our own self-growth, our own self-discovery, and our own greater self-awareness. Because the Talmud in Sanhedrin tells us that each person is like a world. In and of themselves, each person is like a world. And if we are each like a world, and tikkun olam, repairing the world, healing the world, is what God is entrusting us to do, then what that means is that we're trying to repair and heal ourselves. That we came into this world with certain setbacks, certain advantages, certain circumstances, but all of those are not problems they're opportunities. They are tools in our toolbox to allow us to repair ourselves. Someone who may have been bullied can perhaps see that maybe that's an opportunity that they can now empathize and they can fight bullying across the globe and they can raise greater awareness about how to fight bullying and how to stand up and how to be sensitive and how to be compassionate and to know the very real effects. And I forget who this was, but I was listening to a video and they, there was a a female athlete, I believe, or, or someone who was incredibly accomplished, and they were speaking about how they went through something really tragic when they were younger. That was like a horrific accident, and they were deeply damaged. And they actually said that they're happy it happened because they wouldn't be who they are today if that didn't happen to them. Meaning that the thing that objectively is really a problem 
actually showed itself to be in a moment of impeccable infinite growth. A moment that took them as a seed, feeling like it's stuck in the ground, feeling like it's drowning from so much going on in life, to blossom and to break through and to feel all this pain so that it could eventually emerge, so that she could emerge as a flower and blossom in her life. And Tikkun Olam, this idea of repairing ourselves is in healing ourselves and bringing ourselves to the higher potential that's imbued within us, that's waiting to emerge, that ties in very strongly with teshuva. Teshuva, usually people understand it to mean repentance, but in actuality, it literally means returning. Because teshuva is all about returning to the ideal, higher, inner version of ourselves that's there, that is within us. That's not something we have to go out and find. It's not something that we have to go out and create. It's something we have to go within and awaken, to bring out, to allow it to shine through, to open the curtains from within us, to imagine ourselves as lanterns and say, how can I let the light of my highest potential shine through? Because it's already within me. Bringing this into existence, all that potential that's waiting to emerge, that happens when we live our lives as souls. That is an unparalleled experience whereby we actually become tuned in to the world. We get tuned into our story, to our friends, and to Hashem. Any genuine betterment or improvement we seek in our lives, any positive change is an element of teshuva. And who's going to do this if not for us? Who's going to heal us? Who's going to give us the love, to give us the unconditional self-worth, to give us the vision, the dreams, the aspirations of the better tomorrow? Only we can do that. So far, we've seen this in a personal way, one that's very self-oriented, that's very soul-oriented on an individual level, on how we bring our lives to a better state. But I want to shift gears a little bit and think about being an activist and a change maker, not just for ourselves as individuals, but directly for the entire world. Because we don't seek to live our best lives only for the sake of living our best lives. We seek to live our best lives because the world depends on us and the world needs us to stand up and fight for change. And it's evident throughout the entire Torah that we're not just here solely to focus on ourselves. Focusing on ourselves is so important. You cannot forget the self. You can't forget your own identity. But you also cannot neglect that the world is depending on us, that we're here for a very important reason, whatever that may be. And that's a different degree for every single individual and everyone's story and everyone's mission on this earth as a soul, as a soul playing a character. But there's change to be made. There's change that needs to be made. And there are so many verses in the Torah that tell us this in Deuteronomy, when God tells us justice, justice shall you pursue, chase after justice in every way, follow it, crave it, yearn for it, yearn for fairness, yearn for equality and equity and opportunity and accountability. In Vayikra and Leviticus, when God tells us, neither shall you stand idly by by the blood of thy stranger, of thy neighbor. When you see someone's hurting, when you see someone's suffering, that someone's in pain, you don't stand by. You don't just watch. We're not here to be bystanders, to be observers, to be viewers, to be sidekicks. 
were meant to take a leading role. In the Talmud, in Masechet of Odazara 18a, that says anyone who's able to protest but does not protest is also held accountable for those, for those Averot, for those, for those disillusionments of, of the self, of God and the world, of all those problems that we're held responsible. It's a very, very clear idea that the very tapestry in all of Torah and all of Judaism is a responsibility to, to, to quote Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the Chorna Levracha of Blessed Memory, to heal a fractured world, to help manifest God's compassion, his love, and his justice into existence. And this can be daunting. It's scary to think that there's so many problems in the world, there are so many things that are off that are deeply, deeply unjust, that are deeply wrong, that we know, that we intuit. And then to think that, how is it going to be that I'm going to be the one to change all of this? And that's why we need to remember a very important line from Ethics of the Fathers, from Pirkei Avot, whereby Tarfon says, it's not your duty to finish the work, but you're also not at liberty to neglect it. That just because you may not solve every problem, that you may not solve any problem, it doesn't mean that you ignore it. Just because you may not be able to solve the problems of inclusion or the problems of inequality or the problems of genocide or human rights violations or anything going on in the world, environmental issues, it doesn't mean that because you're not going to solve it that you should then you know, throw your hands in the air and say that's just what it is. Because as individuals, if I say I'm not going to be living the perfect life that I'm dreaming of, do I not want a better life nonetheless? Do I not want to even try for it? Am I so sure that I won't get any close to that perfection I'm hoping for? But Rabbi Tarfon's line is so true. Just because you don't have to finish the work, you're not going to solve global hunger, doesn't mean that you should ignore that people are starving, that people cannot live paycheck to paycheck, that they actually are being evicted because they can't afford to live in a home. They can't afford to pay their bills. They can't afford to get health insurance. And I want to just highlight a few different areas whereby we can think, how can we contribute to the work? Contributing to the work doesn't mean this becomes your entire life. This becomes every waking moment. This becomes your career. This becomes all you talk about all day. Becoming a change maker, becoming an activist in any sense, just begins with wanting change and doing something to contribute. So for instance, in China, we mentioned much earlier in the podcast, there's a genocide happening against the Uyghur Muslims. So I've tried doing a lot of work to advocate for change in our community, change in America, change across the globe. And again, on my own level, you know, I'm not going up on a world platform to do this. But even if it's just talking with a family member and telling them, did you know there's a genocide happening in China? Or being mindful that Apple and Nike are using slave labor from those persecuted Uyghurs for their products. To send them an email, to tell people, maybe to boycott. The Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I don't think that there are many people who are going to create peace, that are going to create the perfect solution that everyone wants that will bring peace to the land. But is that stopping them from contributing, from talking about it, from trying to advocate for a better system, better communication, more understanding, more peace, less violence, less hate? Environmental justice. They are, you're not going to have Greta Thunbergs who are taking the world by storm. 
But does that mean you don't, you're not going to go to a protest? Does that mean you're not going to try to use less plastic, try to be a little bit more mindful to talk about people, about pollution and how that's affecting our world and how there's so much brokenness happening in our, the garden of God that we call nature? What about prison reform? I don't think that there's any one person who's an individual, a citizen, just a regular person who's not deeply committed to doing this for their entire lives, who is going to fix it. But that doesn't mean, as Rabbi Tarfon said, it's so important that you should neglect it. Because we're here for a reason. And we need to think, which story do I want to be a part of? If I was an actor and I was looking for a role, I'd want to be in every single movie. I'd want some role, I'd want the lead role. If I'm in a story, if I'm in a book, I'd want to be the main character. I'd want to have a significant role. Which story do you want to write yourself into? Where do you want to enact change? Where do you want to help bring God into that life? To shine his divine light, to allow your soul to go to work. And that is on the global level. But to bring this back personally, it's really important we think about who can I as a, as a soul, who can this character become? Who can Srilli become? What is waiting in store to become actualized, to step into the world? And how can I get there? And even if I'm not, even if I feel like it, there's so much to do and I'm so far away, I have no right to neglect that. The world depends on me. I depend on me. God put us here to give us the greatest goodness, to give us a life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment and love and an experience of transcendence and infinite light. Why can't we give that to ourselves? How good are we going to let it get? How good will we allow our lives to be? It all begins with knowing that the change we seek is a change we can make. And with that, I give us all a blessing that we're able to tap into our soul lives and to manifest the potential that's waiting to emerge. Thank you so much and looking forward to continue to learn and grow together.